millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What is going on, everybody? My name is Connor Lawler. Welcome to another week of Movie Mondays. This is the Heroes for Hire podcast. We are back again talking all the week's movie news, entertainment news, and just generally having a bit of a chit-chat about everything to do with film. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Sean Meehan. Sean, how is it going? I'm I'm good, Connor. I've spent the week, uh, just, just as an insight to my life, I mm. just kind of, Monday just crept up on me. It's been the fastest seven days of my life. It has gone quite quickly, yes. I feel like because everybody's in lockdown, days mean nothing. I, I think we found out a lot last year where it was just like, oh, it's March. Oh, it's, it's Halloween. Oh, well, it's New Year's. Yeah. Oh, it's today now. <laughs> oh, gee, we're in a new year. Oh, fuck. I never oh, even got no. half the stuff I planned to do last year done. All of my self-improvement, no. <laughs> I better just wait till 2022. <laughs> no, I'm doing it now. <laughs> that's a next decade problem. <laughs> um, so, Sean, I do have very exciting news to start off with. And that is, and I've already told you this, but there's a slight bit of mould in this room that I was... I was walking in to the studio and I was, I was uh, setting up my laptop and my microphone ready to do the show. And I just noticed in the corner, I was like, that looks like a little bit of mould. I'll get rid of that. Just we can't have, have like, that when you're recording. Can't have that when I'm recording. I'll only be looking at it and it would just make me feel bad. It'll, it'll so put very, me off, yeah. So I very smartly went back out to the kitchen. I got some mould blaster. I, I'm not recommending a brand, I don't know. <laughs> Other mould blasters are available. <laughs> I, I can't even name this one. But I found one and I sprayed it up into the corner. And now I'm sitting here and... My head is starting to feel funny, and I'm starting to realise there is, of course, bleach, probably in that, and I'm sitting in a small room, just inhaling those fumes. He just he, we, we keep telling him to stop huffing bleach, mm. but he keeps saying it's yeah. part of his process. <laughs> I closed all the doors and the windows too. I really want the oxygen to stay in. Yeah, oh, just <laughs> gather all of the bleach fumes. Hmm. <laughs> Ah, that'll power you up. That's a, that's like a morning, a crisp morning, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, just the wind hits you 
and it smells like what does bleach smell like? It's like vinegary, is it? It smells kind of... It's sound bad, but it's getting better as it goes on, John. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning to love the bleach. I'm starting to become more positive about the whole thing. And did um, it get rid of the mould? It got rid of the mould, but also my brain cells. So if you, uh, at some stage, hear just a big bang, I have hit the floor, and we are no longer doing Movie Mondays. But until that happens, we better get into some news, shot. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. We're starting this week with a bit of... I mean, it's a rumour that got debunked, but when it first came up during the week, it was pretty big news. So last week we covered the fact that DC were going to be doing two Batman universes at the same time. Um, How they got here was that, of course, they had Ben Affleck, The Fridge. He was playing Batman. And he was was a very angry man. He loved guns. It was very in tune with what Batman is. But... um, of course, Ben Affleck stepped away, but they still have the Justice League whole universe there. Then someone decided to set up the Robert Pattinson universe simultaneously. And then they came up with the plan, well, we'll just do both of them. We'll just do another Batman, and that won't confuse anybody. Yeah, because we, we want the shared universe, and you need mm. to have Batman in that shared universe. But, but we've we already also, said Pattinson Yeah, we also want in. Pattinson. He looks cool. He look yeah, it looks like the nicest Batman we've ever gotten, but we can't yeah. have more of it. And during the week, somebody was uh, messaging like a reporter who's probably is normally fairly high up on all of this stuff. Um, and it's just in regards to DC. It's a New York Times writer called Brooks Barnes, and somebody was asking him about the two different Batman or Batman, and they were like, "Well, is the second one now going to be Michael Keaton?" And he just responded with, um, or who is the second one? And he responded with just one word, and he just said, Keaton. Keaton. And so the internet, of course, as it always does, just completely exploded. With everyone thinking, Michael Keaton is going to get his own Batman movie again, and he's the new Batman in the DCEU. This is very... I, I find this... Look, <clears throat> and I will. I, I've gone on record on this show. I like Michael Keaton. Uh, I think he would. I would be really interested to see him as an older Batman. I think this is a bad move. Surely. Well, I I read that and I was like, oh, that is a bad move. I was thinking very similar along those same lines, and because we know Michael Keaton will be appearing in the Flash movie whenever that gets made, probably twenty thirty five or something. Um, whenever Ezra turns into an ice boy, <laughs> but they're gonna they're gonna probably have to do that movie. Michael Keaton is is going to be in that film. It's going to be like um, he's time hopping, and he, he it's a multiverse kind of situation where he might come across Michael Keaton. Is the rumor, and then this news came out, and everyone was kind of like, "Well, is Michael Keaton appearing in more than the Flash?" Is like, are we getting an older Batman thing? And the main part of all this, before we start getting into the the stuff that's going to make us sad, is my imagination went wild because my first thought was Batman and Beyond. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Immediately. That's where they're going, surely. Yeah, but- I, and in my head I thought, Batman and Beyond, Timothy Chalamet, or Chalamet as um, Terry McGinnis. Just print the cheque. Everyone yeah. go home. We've nailed it. <laughs> it, it. It's it's Hollywood money printer right there. <laughs> um, the, the thing is, is that you know they're going to try and set that up over the course of a movie and a half. Oh, I wouldn't even say a movie and a half. I would just say 45 minutes of The Flash. For, yeah, 45 minutes of The Flash. <laughs> no. 
No, it won't even be a cutaway. It'll just be the Flash telling us there's an old Batman. <laughs> Guys, I met Michael Keaton. I mean Batman. <laughs> and, and he's training some young guy called Terry. You probably wouldn't want to be interested in that. They're looking me run. But uh, what I'm expecting fully is that they're going to give, like, the, the corporate spiel about it and be like, we found that young people just didn't relate to Batman. And so that's why we decided to bring in Terry McGuinness. Whereas, yeah. no, you fucked up Batman so bad that no one <laughs> liked him. <laughs> yeah, you just made him real bad. So we just may start again. I mean, then, of course, Twitter blew up because Batman Beyond was trending on Twitter for like two whole days. Where everyone, maybe not in normal news circles, but in our nerd world, everyone was kind of like, holy shit, Batman Beyond is happening. And... For someone who loves Batman Beyond, I was so excited because they how Batman Beyond has not been made already is a fascinating thing to me because we've had 50 Batman movies and not yeah. one of them have decided to just maybe age up Bruce and just do another Batman. Yeah, and it was a perfect thing of like you bring back the the uh, one of the older actors, any of them. And uh, like George wouldn't Clooney. it be am- <clears throat> wouldn't it be amazing though if like 10 years ago we got Adam West doing it? Oh, and his voice. Well, but yeah. You see, the problem is he had been doing Family Guy for so long at that point. You're just that like, is that, just, the, yeah. is that the mayor from Family Guy? <laughs> is that Mayor Adam West from Family Guy? <laughs> oh, is that who he's playing? Interesting. A stretch. <laughs> but like, that would have been a really cool look at, at it. That would be a cool version of Batman Beyond, I would say. Um, um, unfortunately, Sean, I do have some dampening news. And are you that scuppering is, these plans? I'm scuppering these rumours, and it's not just me. It is Mr. Barnes himself, Brooks Barnes, who originally posted the tweet that just said, Keaton, and blew the whole thing up. He he says in his next tweet, this was a few days later, he said, I've been offline, I'm moving apartments, and I returned to see this Michael Keaton craziness going on. I was referring to the one film that Keaton has been announced as being in, not his own set of Batman films. If I had info on him beyond The Flash, I would have obviously put it in the tweet. <laughs> well, interesting that he uses the word beyond, Connor. <laughs> That's, I was reading into it, and he does say beyond. <laughs> He's also saying, help me, I'm trapped. <laughs> in my new apartment? What is that? So, look, look. maybe it's Buster Keaton. Maybe they're bringing him back from the dead. Oh, Big Busty. Bringing big him busty, back. Big Busty K, yeah. <laughs> this is big break. Uh, look, it, it was a fun rumour. Well, no, it happened. The new, the, that like whole tweet thing kicked off basically the second we stopped recording last week. Yeah, so, I was very worried. Yeah, in a way, I'm kind of glad it was, you know, debunked. Um, I do like the dude's reaction, though. Just like, I leave you unattended for five minutes and you start wild rumours in my name. It's, it's the, the scene in Community when Troy leaves and comes back, comes back and the, the whole place is just, on, <laughs> it's just on fire. He's just like, what was I doing? Um, no, I... But obviously this specific thing has just been a rumour. But, Sean... I think the general question is, is do you see them going this way? Like, if if the, the Flash movie goes well and you have an older Michael Keaton, surely the logical next step is Batman Beyond. I think the way you should do it is, 
like have the Flash movie, um, have Flash meet Michael Keaton, old Bruce Wayne. They, then just have the Flash. Like I don't, I would not bring a Batman into Flashpoint. Now I know it's hard to do Flashpoint without Batman, um, yeah. and God knows they will. <laughs> they tell yeah. us in a the Flash will tell us Batman's not there. <laughs> Batman's not here. <laughs> but but I would not bring him in, and then I would have keep, get like get the DCEU on better footing, oh, and then good good strategy. Mm, you would think, and then mm. so there's a crisis, and they need a Batman, and they go to Bruce for help, and then Bruce goes, "I'm not able to fight anymore," but there's this kid, and he's been. He's the new Batman, and that's how you bring in Terry. I would not like. I wouldn't just haul Terry back from another dimension in Flashpoint and say, "Hey, it's it's Batman Beyond now." Yeah, I. It's just as I've mentioned already, but it is fascinating that they haven't done it because I think Keaton is the perfect man for that role. Um, Keaton as like. Back in the day, he was kind of seen as a joke when he was being played as Batman. He was like a comedy actor. But Keaton today, like, I'm just imagining, like, his gravelly voice is perfect for that role of just old Bruce Wayne who hates the world. Now, I know young Bruce Wayne also hates the world, but this one hates the world a little bit more. This one has seen more of the world. Like, he's properly jaded by it. And, he, and he's also nearly broke his one rule as well, which makes him even madder. And now he had to retire, so he can't even do anything about it. But like, um, you know the insanity that Keaton like portrays in Birdman. Yeah, like imagine Bruce <laughs> Wayne being or in Batman. Yeah, <laughs> you want to get, get nuts? nuts. <laughs> Let's get nuts. But you know, like he, like he's he can channel some serious fucking emotions, and I think the world is ready for a Batman like that. Because all of the Batmans before this have been, let's be honest, a bit whingy. I would uh, recommend anyone to, if you don't know a lot about Batman Beyond, I would definitely recommend going to watch um, the very first episode of the animated series. Now, this is this was after the Batman the animated series in, I think it was 99, maybe 2000. And the first two episodes are called Rebirth, Part 1 and 2. And just watch those two episodes alone. And you will completely get why Batman Beyond is just a gold mine waiting to be just taken up and just done. And also, I think HBO Max could mean that they're going to start doing more random shit. So you might, if they did a HBO Max series of Batman Beyond, like that would be mental. Yeah, but they're too busy, Connor, making a TV series about the police station the Flash works in. <laughs> We've done it again, boys. Everyone take lunch. We've saved DC. Everyone take lunch. We've reused that script for a third time now. <laughs> um, we're going to move on to our next piece of news. Um, and this is involving everyone's favourite favorite producer of the world's biggest monopoly, Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige. Now, of course, Disney owned everything, so they're not viewed in the best light. Marvel, of course, owned every big movie, so once again, big conglomerate. But Kevin Feige is seen as a bit of a genius, because as much as they are a big conglomerate, he showed that it could also go... He showed how to do it right, but we've also seen it go wrong with other studios. (laughs) So... (laughs) It's not easy, lads. (laughs) To do 23 movies at once. So let's... But the news here is that Kevin Feige... He's going to be going into a Star Wars because um, he signed up to do a Star Wars film. 
and they have locked in the Loki writer, Michael Waldron, for Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie. Right, okay. <laughs> that is a serious amount of trust he has in this writer, because there's been no critical reaction to Loki yet, hasn't there not? There hasn't, but... I would trust Kevin Feige has probably seen every inch of footage that exists of Loki, and he's not picking him unless he he approves of what he's seen. Yes, that is like no this this tracks this is good. Um, looking at this dude's IMDb, he uh, he's a producer on Rick and Morty. Um, he's a writer on Multiverse of Madness as well. Yes, so he's done. Um, he's. Rick and Morty, he was signed up to do Loki, and then that went well enough that then they've signed him on to do uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness with Sam Raimi. So something has happened where Kevin Feige just thought, this guy has a lot of talent, I'm bringing him in to do Star Wars. Yeah, this guy is like properly like establishing himself as a Marvel, like, uh, sorry, a Disney writer. Which is, mm. that's a fucking good gig to have. <laughs> it's a lot of money. <laughs> it is, it's an awful lot of money, lads. Yes. Um, and like, and, and, and also the other stuff he's worked on, Community, uh, he worked on. So he's in with the mm. Russo brothers as well there. You can't get into Marvel unless you work on Community, I don't think. I think that, that is the rule, yeah. Yeah, um, Chevy Chase is the new Captain America. Joel McHale is the new Iron Man, correct? <laughs> Everyone knows that. Uh, that's a mashup I'd love to see. <laughs> But yeah, that is a... And is there any details about what that Star Wars film actually is or when it's the, set or anything like that? It's the, it's completely under wraps. Nobody knows what's happening in the actual plot line. Now, normally I wouldn't know, I, normally I wouldn't bring you news without unless we had some sort of plot details. But what this brings prestige because Kevin Feige is attached. And it's just a case of, can Kevin Feige do to Star Wars what he's done to Marvel? Which is a weird sentence to say, taking back 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, uh, Arla said to me one year, one day, I was like, yeah, like, Marvel is the new Star Wars. It's like it has the most mass appeal. Um, it's something that used to be incredibly nerdy that now is, like, the main pop culture thing. Mm. Uh, but Star Wars had this massive fall from grace and Marvel like has correct me if I'm wrong but they've just been rising really haven't they the whole time I think now we haven't seen anything since Endgame and so uh, yeah, since we Spider-Man oh I apologise yeah since Spider-Man but but Spider-Man is the most bankable person to follow that's Endgame that's true yeah. so like Spider-Man is the cash cow so that was an interesting one-two punch but we haven't seen anything in phase four now they might fall off a cliff they're doing a lot of projects this year half of them might be shit but I wouldn't say all of them will be shit <laughs> which is something you can say that at least 50% of them will actually be good to great yeah and when there's a new series or a new movie coming out every month 50% is not bad and so with that in mind is Kevin Feige, um, because everything is in a wrap, but with the Mandalorian and everything going so well, and they have so many TV shows already lined up, I think Kevin Feige coming in could like re-energise the whole Star Wars universe. I think so too. Uh, now it's interesting because they've already kind of started re-energising it, and they're investing in it in a big way. So 
I wonder. It's if, like, like it's like with a star, like a a really good team, like a football team, like they win the league or they're, they're they're rising up the league, and then at the last second they're like, we're going to buy the best player in the world, <laughs> and what <laughs> we do. <laughs> but yeah, and you know it's worked for him so far. Like anything he's been brought in on, it seems to have done fairly well. Um, mm. And Star Wars, they just need to channel the energy of the Mandalorian and put that into everything they do. And that's how you make a good Star Wars movie and drop the Skywalker stuff. Just no well, one can cares. I, can I give you the three, the three people that are attached to the next three Star Wars movies? Yes. So you've got Kevin Feige. This is okay. his movie. You've got Patty Jenkins. She's doing right. Rogue Squadron. And you've got Taika Waititi doing another mystery Star Wars movie. Okay, okay. So I think I think it's they're all gonna bomb. You know, I don't think they'll be successful at all, Connor. I, I think that's a poor lineup, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you had to pick three directors, you couldn't have picked three worse ones. <laughs> Kevin Feige, not even a director. What's he done? Fucking nothing. Yeah, what's he got to, what's his C V looking like? <laughs> I think even just Tiger Watiti and we'd be like, James, this could re energize the whole Star Wars. <laughs> Let's get Kevin Feige and fucking Patty Jenkins in too. Yeah, and Patty Jenkins is making a fighter pilot movie. That sounds yeah. class. <laughs> I think that could be amazing. So we could, there was a lot of Star Wars fatigue and it was going to take a lot to get us out of that funk. But I think these, I don't know, I was going to say casting, but does it count, does it count as casting if it's director? Um, hiring, I guess. <laughs> these, the, yeah, these hirings, like, they, they have a way to re-energise, even slightly, my old cold blue heart. <laughs> Oh, Connor, I don't think it should be blue. It's riddled with bleach. <laughs> oh, I forgot the bleach. How's the bleach working out, by the way? Uh, my head feels twice the size as what it was. <laughs> okay, he's, he's entirely normal. <laughs> he's always got a fucking massive head. I'm pretty great. Um, okay, we're going to move on to our next piece of news. Now, this is D- D- DC news as well. Um, what I've noticed this week is there's a lot of comic book talk. Um... We do normally have, like, a bit more of a wide array of stuff, but this week I feel like you get weeks where it's just DC bring out a lot of news, so Marvel, in response, bring out a lot of news, just to try and counteract each other. Yeah, so we should start bringing out lots of news, is what you say. That's what I'm saying, yeah, we're ready to take down the two giants, but this this piece (laughs) piece of news is more so just a rumour, Sean, but I have... um, it's a movie that me and you have said multiple times that would be very cool to do. Now, DC, they don't have a good track record, but one thing they got right, and you will agree, Sean, is Joker. What a great film. I'm, I'm Connor, I'm confused. Yeah. Uh, you told me you don't like Joker at all. I didn't like Joker, no, but it made a lot of money. Did make heaps of money. Uh, I mm. thought it was a grand movie. thought it was... Yeah. It was quite fun. You hate Have you that it exists. Since? No. Mm. Yeah, I rest <laughs> It's not case. really rewatchable. It's, I'll be honest, it's not a pleasant watch. <laughs> I didn't have fun. I, I wouldn't say I'd go, you know what, we should watch Christmas Day. Get all the family around. But yeah, like, and yeah, maybe, Connor, maybe you just wouldn't get it. You know, I just wouldn't, maybe you're not see, edgy I, enough. To be fair, I have infused a lot of bleach in my day. So I I do find it str- I struggle to think coherently. 
that is an issue. But, Sean, we always knew that they were going to be doing more villain movies because one of them worked. But this this story is going to leave us on a weird position, and you're going to see why. Because I have, the headline I have is, Dr. Sleep Director is keen on making a standalone Clayface movie. <sighs> oh. Sean. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Please, tell us all your thoughts. Okay, we have long... This was like episode two on this fucking show. Uh, We decided the best villain to do a Batman movie around would be Clayface. Mm. uh, Who... Especially a new Batman. Especially a new Batman, because there's this whole thing of like, oh, you're you're wearing a mask, you're pretending, uh, and Clayface is all about changing his appearance. Uh, and also being a big clay monster. That's um, one of his characteristics, yes. So the idea of watching um, a sad, struggling, failed actor um, <laughs> who can also change his appearance, that, like that's that's very on brand for the Joker universe. Very on um, brand for DC. Very on brand for DC. But I also feel like Clayface has been somewhat... <laughs> Um, diminished in my uh, not diminished in, in, a, in a meaningful way but he's more comedy now because of the Harley Quinn show I haven't seen that oh Clayface is the best part of that show dude is he? he's so good Clayface and King Shark are a comedic duo and it's amazing I, I've been meaning to watch that show because you just keep telling me it's so good and then I just it just keeps going out of my head you would absolutely love it honestly if you have and they're, they're short episodes as well you can just breeze through them um, oh, right. But, in, but this Clayface won't be that because no. what they have designed is Mike Flanagan, who is the director, he directed um, Doctor Sleep that came out with Hugh McGregor a few years ago. That was the sequel to The Shining. Yes. Uh, he says that he would be looking to make it a horror, thriller, tragedy kind of movie. That's, that is, those are the genres I would pick for Clayface, though. Because mm. um, he, is, he is quite tragic. Like, his his story is quite sad. Um, now, he is a criminal at the end of the day as well, so there's not too much you can do. But I think I think you could get really creative, I think is the word, with the character. Um, and he would, all, he would be a better anti-hero than Joker, for definite. Oh, I, th- I think so. Like, Clayface has turned good in the comic books as well. Like, but the problem is a Clayface, and I have found this. I was going to do a Hero Zero on the character of Clayface, but there's about six Clayfaces, and then there's a Clayface family, and there's just there's a whole host of Clayfaces. Now, Basil Carlo is probably the most famous one. Um, he's like a B-list movie actor, and right. Um, he's in the he's in the Batman the animated series. I think he's the Clayface in that, but. Basil Carlo is probably the the most famous one. So you would do it on him, as you said, like a failed actor who's constantly like trying to be the prettiest. Maybe he's on the downward slope, and he's like he's he doesn't look the way he used to. So he's constantly like, oh, I'm not young. I'm not like I'm not pretty. I'm not getting these roles because I don't look a certain way. And then of course something happens, and he turns into a bunch of clay, <laughs> which then he can become whatever he wants. So he has yeah. everything he's ever dreamed of, but it's not in the way he wanted. No, and it, it distances himself from anyone who even was like liked him before. Um, Would you like to watch a Clayface movie in the genre of Joker? I honestly don't think 
I'd hate it. I th- I don't I don't think I'd hate it. I think <laughs> now that doesn't mean I'd love it. Yeah. But, oh, I thought you said I ha- I would hate it. Not that I I don't think I would hate it. I don't know. I don't know how I'd feel on it because on the one hand, I I really like Clayface the character, and to see him in a movie would be unreal. But, but I think he's ten times more interesting when put across from Batman. Whereas if you do yes. a Clayface movie by himself, he's by himself driving the story. But he brings out something in Batman that not a lot of other villains do. Yes, that, like, you're... Like, because Clayface can look like anyone, but Batman, he's forced to, like, usually in the fights, he's forced to, like, look at himself and be like, oh, this is, like... But he, Batman always realises something through Clayface. But and like, also, Dave Batista has volunteered to play Clayface oh if a movie God. ever got made. Why would you do this to me? <laughs> you know we support Dave Batista in this house. In everything, in every endeavour that he does. I hope he becomes world champion again. Now, d- d- like, this is a lot different from Joker, though, in that it can't really be grounded and down to earth. Like, he needs to be a man made of clay. Yeah, I but then you do a body horror kind of movie. Ooh, okay. Get uh, get James Gunn involved. <laughs> James Gunn is in. Dave Batista comes with him. It's a package deal. Yep, has to happen. Uh, Sean Gunn happen. needs to be in there somewhere. Sha- Sean Gunn is the clay. He's, He's just clay. he just is the clay. I like. Actually, Sean Gunn would be great for the motion capture. Actually. <laughs> He would. Dave Batista's not doing a day on set. <laughs> no, he does like the the opening fifteen minutes before he becomes a clay face. <laughs> I'm going to take lunch, guys. Sean, take my place. To hop in. Um, I do look. I it needs to look good as well. Like because no, because they're doing it as a horror, they can be really clever about it and just show like weird cutaway shots of the big clay monster. But I think you need one shot of you know, Basil as Clayface. Um, and that needs to be flawless. Otherwise, I don't believe this big clay monster story. <laughs> you just stand up in the in the cinema. No. No. <laughs> this, not believable. I'm not getting it. It's like when I watched Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> or um, when you watch Predator, <laughs> the last oh. one. Oh, you reminded me that I watched Predator. <laughs> Um, I think doing a Clayface solo movie makes him a lot... I mean, you could do an interesting movie, but I think you could make an even more interesting movie by putting him in a Batman movie uh, to be the villain. Now, he's never been the villain in a movie form. We've never seen it. And Batman has such a serious rogues gallery. I don't know why they just keep... I don't know why they stay keeping to the same tree. Like... Do something bad, like pick someone weird and do it. Like you, we've talked about this before, as we mentioned. But like, do a Clayface where he's a failed actor and he's like trying to come back and he's he's looking great. He, he can become whatever he wants, and then he's like looking at Batman like this is not who you are. Like, and I know a thing or two about hiding behind a mask. Like, this is not who you are. You don't want this kid. You know, you don't want to power me. Like, the world will just this city would love you. And because, like, he's failed. Like, you could do, yeah. like, a really interesting story that way instead of just having Basil Carlo be sad for an hour and a half and then some weird horror shit. 
And like it would even work somewhere along the middle of Batman's career, like around the point when he starts to realize Bruce Wayne is the mask. Uh, like that's a really good time for him to face off with Clayface, because mm. because Clayface is like you don't even know who you are, and then he replies with the classic line, "My name is Batman." <laughs> he says it like that though. <laughs> Sorry, just really quickly. My name is Batman. I just wanted to let that into the conversation. So, so, sorry, sorry, Baza. I don't believe we've met. Uh, my name. Baza. <laughs> sorry, Baza. Sorry, Baza. Can we just have Baza. a discussion here? <laughs> sorry, Baza. Can we just have uh, big Baz? Can we just have a discussion? Because I feel like you're not getting what I'm putting down here. You're not picking it up. And I'm just saying, I'm Batman. This is not a mask. <laughs> this is, I am Batman, but <laughs> you are Clayface. No, fuck. <laughs> Just like, I should have practiced this. Oh, fuck. Oh, this is embarrassing. <laughs> I need to get a more succinct way of telling people I'm Batman. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. I have vengeance. Oh, that's even better. Oh. Um, so, Sean, I just thought that would be a cool idea to throw out there. We, there's no confirmed news on that, but I can see DC doing that. And now that they have 50 Batman universes, just throw it into one of them. Yeah, just give us another Batman universe. That's that's totally fine. We that's, can. That's we, what you need to do. Yeah, and then we'll have like the Teen Titans universe, mm. and then <laughs> someone puts up their hand. Can we not put them in the same universe, boss? You're fired. Get the you're fuck fired. out. You're, you're done. <laughs> How are we going to do the the cross multiverses thing? Then that won't work if they're all in the same universe, John. You fucking we, idiot. We need to do Spider Verse. <laughs> Do we have Spider Noir under the DC name? No, boss. Fuck. I have been talking to Nicolas Cage, and he is not going to be happy. (laughs) Um, We're going to move on, Sean, to our next piece of movie news. And this is... We've we've had a lot of bad movie ideas in the previous years. And one of them has come out recently. And this is the Rubik's Cube feature film and game show (sighs) is in development. What? 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 Wait, yes. when, when has there ever been a tie-in game show to a feature film? There's never even been a board game based on a Rubik's Cube. No, there's been a Rubik's Cube based on D- a Rubik's Cube. That's true. Cube. I, I can confirm there has been a Rubik's Cube. Okay, uh, but where do we jump from that to, you know, <laughs> movie? The movie so, excites I- me, like, sorry, not excites me, infuriates me more. <laughs> I was like excited. We are going different ways. <laughs> so Hyde Park and Entertainment and Endeavor Content are developing a film based on the popular puzzle, Sean. Um, so what they're going to do is they're going to be covering a feature film based on Rubik's Cubes. And they, um, the head of the project is going to be called um, Armitage. Right? And he came out and he said, I've had a personal and nostalgic connection to the Rubik's Cube from my early days, in a statement. I am mm. thrilled to partner with it, the Endeavour content and Rubik's and Smiley and look forward to creating a wonderful and complex Rubik's universe. Fuck me. What? <laughs> it's right beside the Batman universe. What, what, what does a Rubik's universe entail exactly? Well, that is an interesting question. And one of the creators that came out against this, well, I wouldn't say against this, but commented on this, and I think you'll like it, is the Lego Movie co-creator, Mr. Christopher Miller. 
Oh, and okay. He he is the obviously the Lego Movie, an amazing film, one of my absolute favorite films. But one of the knockout effects of the Lego Movie is that since then we've had a lot of movies about weird fucking shit that they think is going to work, but is not. <laughs> yeah, like we've had we've had Emoji Movie. Emoji movie, indeed, yes. We've had Trolls was mildly successful. Do you remember the Angry Birds film? Angry Birds film, <laughs> that was another one. Uh, but we've never gone straight up, fucking like board games, have we? Like, there's there was Clue back in the day, but that's terrible. Um, yeah, because because here the thing about that is like the Lego Movie made so much money, and the Lego Movie two, and then they had the Batman Lego Movie, which is like just an amazing film if you're a massive nerd. Like, it's just, those movies are smartly written. But studios, they're interesting because they're going to look at that and go, how much did it make? Okay, well, we'll copy and paste that, but we're not going to hire the talented people that did it. Yeah, we're going to outsource this to, like, the cheapest uh, animation labourers we can find, um, pay them shit, and then (laughs) just put it out and it'll make money, it'll be fine. And uh, Chris Miller came out and he actually tweeted, uh, upon hearing about the film's development, Miller took to Twitter to ask for people to hold their judgement. Three things he wrote. One, it is theoretically possible to make a good movie based on almost anything. Two, this does not mean that you should. Three, let's not blame the Lego movie for this, pretty please. (laughs) (laughs) I, I do feel like that gets brought up a lot, just being like, Oh, the Lego movie is the reason for all of this. But if they were all as good as the Lego movie, we'd be doing really well. What I want to ask is, Mm. like, well, I have two questions. One, is, like, board game and toy movies, are they the new video game movie? Well, when you think about it, Transformers, or was that a TV show first? That was a TV show first, and they made the toys mm, around that, I yeah, think. Yeah, and they made an awful lot of fucking toys. But it was yeah, a TV... Yeah, I suppose they went animated show, then toys. Yeah, toys first is an interesting concept to go with. Do the merch first, and then do the movie based off the merch. But yeah, and and my, my follow-up question would be, what's next? Like, the Jenga movie? The Jenga movie could be a thing, yeah, all the blocks have personalities. Oh, brilliant. But they're all the same block. They're all the same, but they're not. All the, all the angry birds, are they the same? Are they all angry? It's in they're the name, dif- Sean. With all the birds have different like styles of play, Connor. The blue bird, the- it breaks into three. The black one, <laughs> it explodes. The red one is just a bird, I think. And the yellow one can speed up. <laughs> Was the angry birds the one that they were they banned? And then they were selling it on the black market. What was that game? That was Flappy Bird. Flappy Bird. Sorry, no, you're <laughs> Flappy Bird. Do you remember that? that? It was like three months and everyone played the shit over. And then they were like, it's banned forever. It's too addictive. It's like it's bleach. A, Sorry, it's, it's the on the brain. Store now. Oh, he's, he loves his bleach. Oh, and he then loves people his bleach. were people were selling it, selling it on like Amazon, <laughs> like a links to it. Yeah, and it, like, oh, this phone has Flappy Bird installed. <laughs> Um, Sean, is a Rubik's Cube movie going to work or is this a terrible idea that's bound to fail? Ooh, look, look. Fr- from what I think is that the, they'll start writing this film thinking mm. they'll get it done really quickly and it'll be amazing. 
but then they'll get sick of it after you know solving one side they're also doing a game show in development with the movie is that just how fast you can solve a Rubik's Cube or some shit I mean I've seen people do that in like seven seconds that's the worst show I mean very impressive but a terrible show (laughs) have you ever solved a Rubik's Cube oh god no but I mean, there's there's the there's the system everyone does, but I just never learned it, so I I just always look like an idiot trying to move them. Yeah, it's it's a very like okay, look, the system is there, and I could look that up at any time and just solve this. Yeah, but what if I can just figure it out? <laughs> what if I was smart enough to just turn a few things, colors light up, colors light up, easy peasy, lemon. I'm pretty Rubik's positive Cube. in school. Um, some of the guys I used to like hang out with at lunchtime, they had Rubik's cubes and they learned to take off, and they were just like doing it at lunchtime for like a two month span, and they all became experts. And I just never bought one. <laughs> I was just like, ask grand. <laughs> Connor, I didn't realize you hung out with such a rough crowd. No, I think it was very similar to the Flappy Bird situation, where like one of them had it, one of them probably got it for a fucking Christmas present or something. And then they were like, oh, wow, look at this. And then the other one was just like, oh, I'm going to go home and get my own one now. Because otherwise yeah. I'll be uncool. And then they're just there flipping away at lunchtime. <laughs> You're there trying to figure out how a yo-yo works. <laughs> no, I'm just there trying to learn how to read. This is a few years ago. This is only like ten. No, this is only like three years ago now. Three years ago. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I was uh, about to do my final exams. Fuck. <laughs> this match is tough. <laughs> Oh, why do I keep play- I keep trying to bop it. <laughs> I keep trying to twist the divide side. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um, will a Rugby's Cube movie make money, Sean, or no. is this a terrible idea? <laughs> so that's no, a straight. I didn't realise we were still on that. No, it's not going to make money. <laughs> it, 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 okay. Right. <laughs> okay, we're going to move on to our next piece of news, Sean, and I have an interview. With one of our favourite actors. And that means, Sean, what we can assume is that this is officially, for this segment alone, <clears throat> Jared Leto News! It's Jared Leto News, people. Jared Leto News, it's it's time. It's been it's been some weeks, perhaps some months, since we've I had some like good... I don't like to use Jared Leto News all the time. I think it's better if it comes back every few months. Yeah, just when you think you're safe and that he'll never crop up again, surprise, <laughs> it's Jared Leto news. This, this rivalry we've had with Jared Leto, who we are not saying his name properly on purpose, I just want to say, but um, Sean, it all stemmed from what? It all stemmed from, from his, uh, and and look, it's, a front, it's an affront to the word shithousery, but the shithousery mm. that he got up to during the filming no, she of the Suicide has charm. Squad, Shehousery has charm to it, I think. Yeah, whereas this one, he was just sending dead pigs and used condoms and dead rats to everyone. Uh, mm. Or live rats? I don't know. But he no, they were dead rats. Them. And and then there was also the table read where he came in and he brought a dead pig and he threw it on the table and he was like, the Joker sends his regards. Um, yeah, which is just the, bad. <laughs> yeah, and he like he blinded himself. To <laughs> I forgot about that. Being Blade Runner. He did. He put contacts in his face or in his eyes to blind himself, a man who was very able to see. And but he didn't do it like just for the takes, because his character is blind in the movie. He did it 
took the whole process of filming the film. So that means the studio had to hire some poor fucking extra to walk this very able-sighted man around because he's actively blinded himself. Yeah, on purpose. Just making the whole thing more <laughs> difficult for everyone. But we always go for the fact that, Jared, I mean, you're in a workplace. If I brought in a dead pig to my workplace, I would be fired. And I, if I'm sending used condoms to anyone, in any job any of us have ever had, you're out the door. You, and possibly arrested, like. <laughs> possibly arrested. Like, just because it's a film set doesn't mean you can't break the law. Yeah, so what's he got up to? Has he been up to some, some more antics? Well, actually, Jared, because of the antics, is famous to us. But what movie is he doing these days, Sean? He is doing another comic book. He's, he's finished with the Joker. Now, he's coming back for the, the Zack Snyder Justice League, which we're all very excited about. But he's, <laughs> he's, um, he has another big movie in Marvel, and it's called Morbius, the Living Vampire. Ooh, the and the anti-hero science vampire of Marvel. Uh, yes, traditionally a Spider-Man villain. He, he's and playing Morbius. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> um, but Jared had to do an interview about Mor- Morbius this week, and he's given us a bit of insight about what Morbius is hoping to bring to this Venom universe. I suppose this is Morbius, says Jared Leto. Is a big, fun popcorn movie that's a little scary. <laughs> a big, fun pop... This... Oh, that doesn't sound like what I want for... <laughs> what What do you want from a Morbius movie? A dark, grim vampire story. Mm. And, well, and yes. his exact quote, Jared says, It's a Jekyll and Hyde story. That's just big and fun. And sometimes is a little scary. Which is, I think different for that genre and I'm excited about it that should be a big fun popcorn movie what 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 kind of persona has he adopted here because <laughs> Suicide Squad he went real into it and he was like oh I studied what it's like to be insane and all this shit but in in this he's like oh it's a fun movie it's going to be a fun time it's, like it's a, it's a like he just sounds like a normal man but it, mm. this is a film that like Surely this appeals to all of his dark sensibilities. You like, would think. I don't know. Because Morbius is a living vampire. He is. Do we have any word on what this is going to be rated? Um, I think it's PG-13. But it uh, might be R-rated. It's not actually confirmed yet. I but did, if it's a big okay. fun popcorn movie, I'm assuming PG-13. Yeah, that implies, like... You can bring the family to it and it'll be fine. Like, probably going to be the same rating as Venom, honestly, if it's Sony. I mean, they also asked him about the, the method acting, Sean, which is why it's here. Right. Has he drank blood? <laughs> we haven't asked him. I don't know about his method acting for this film. Now, we can assume he's drank blood. I mean, if I know Jared, he's hanging upside down from the ceiling and drinking blood all day, every day during the shooting of the film. Yes. Okay. Well, and and what did he? What secrets did he give to any aspiring well, actors said, out there? Well, he said, "I appreciate the term method acting. I think it's a little cloudy the definition, and it it could really be pretentious as well." He says. I was thinking of it as my job to show up and do the best work that I can. Pretty good. It's my job to show up, do whatever I can, to be over-prepared and to deliver it. 
to and to deliver it. But then Sean, in his next sentence, he says, "It's also my job to show up and you know be a pleasure to work with, and to be collaborative and have a good experience on set." I don't think everyone had a good experience. <laughs> the Joker sends his regards. Yeah, like that's like. You can't just say that after the fact when we've read all the other stories. I I think maybe he's turned a new leaf. Maybe we've given Jared too much shit here on the on the show. And I think not only us, but many different um, projects or podcasts have kind of brought light to the fact that maybe he was doing some bad shit there for a few years. Maybe he's turned a new leaf. Maybe he's now taken, I'm going to try and be a pleasure to work with. I'm going to maybe cut down on the dead pigs and the used condoms and just making myself blind for no reason. Now he's maybe just going to be a nice boy. Yeah, just like, you can, like, but, like, hmm. (laughs) Method acting is, like, is not just, look, look, I'm not an actor, but... I feel you should be able to turn it on and off, depending on the situation. <laughs> you once said to me, and I always remember it, that if you go train, if you're playing a butcher in a film, and you go train to be a butcher for three months, and then you come back and shoot, you're not acting, you're just a butcher. <laughs> you're just a butcher at that point, yeah. Now, I'd, look, fair, fair, fair dues, I think I robbed that from a comedian somewhere, but the sentiment <laughs> remains that you're not special just for learning to do something. You just got paid to learn to do something. Yeah. But I think Jared... I wanted to use this story as maybe this is his rede- redemption. Maybe he's he's on, you know, on a positive light now. Maybe he's going to be coming back. I'm going to talk about no more negative stories. He's all about fun, big pub car movies. And he's now... He's no longer involved in any of that nonsense. Ruining people's days with used condoms. Well... Look, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. This can be... Jared Leto News could now be, a, you know, a positive thing that we look at one man's Jared redemption. Leto. News! I, He's given to charity. I'm not... <laughs> I'm I'm not saying it like that ever. But <laughs> if he if he does decide to give to charity, that's good, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he has. He does seem like a nice man offset. Like, whenever you see an interview of him, he seems fairly grand. Yeah, perfectly charming. It's <laughs> So, yeah, just, just any time he's at work, he's miserable to be around. Yeah. Um, so, Jared Leto news, that is included because I think 2021, we're going to just cleanse the aura of the bad Jared. And maybe Mr. Leto will be here soon enough for this year shot. You, Leto. Oh, it, it yeah. sounds weird when you say it. See, it is weird when we actually call him by his name. <laughs> and look, maybe that goes to show... Maybe he is a different person when he's not on set. Maybe. Yeah, he's Jared Leto or Leto when he's on set. But off set, he's not that guy. He's Big J. Big Big Daddy J. So, so we're going to move on to our next piece of news. And this is further DC news. Like, they because um, their executive or their president last week did an interview and... All of this news was slowly coming out or streaming coming out throughout the week. Um, Now, we have talked about the fact that DC are going to be doing a lot of stuff on HBO Max in regards to TV series. 
Um, but we also have talked a lot about the fact that HBO Max, they're looking to do the new Batman um, universe, but they are going to be doing a lot more superhero um, superhero films. And they're trying to set up maybe several different universes at once. Now, one of them that was in development it was Batgirl. Yes. Um, now, that that has run through a troubled time that Joss Whedon was on it, and then he turned out to not be a nice boy, and then he had to leave, because not a great, not a sound bloke. But then you also had Static Shock, that was also in line. Now, now the news has come out that Batgirl and Static Shock movies will probably go straight to streaming on HBO Max. Interesting. So they're making a... Making a movies... Specifically for HBO Max now, they're not getting a theatrical release. Because the new plan that they're going to be trying to get involved with is that there will be two new DC movies a year, and there will be two more DC movies exclusively on HBO Max. Ooh, wow. <clears throat> that is, so you'll have four a year. Four a year. That's impressive. It also seems quite reactionary. Uh, to some to other what? When have they ever been reactionary? When have they ever followed the competition in all that they do? <laughs> but like streamlined it, just like took out all of the boring, actually making the world believable stuff. I feel, I feel like we give DC a lot of shit on this, and I wanted to for any new listeners. I am, I am a massive DC fan. Like I would, Batman the Animated Series, my favorite TV show. I'm, I do DC on uh, Hero Zero. That is why it hurts my heart that they're doing this. But you have to call it out if they're not doing it well. Yeah, you need, Yeah, and look, I'm very much, I'm more Marvel than I am DC. Um, but I also would love if DC had a good film universe. Because I love comics and films. Those are two of my yeah, things. I, I never understood people that are like, oh, it's one or the other. We could just be like, well, you can enjoy it all. Yeah, you can. We're yeah, all, you can. We're all nerds. Yeah, none of us are watching these because we have better things to do. <laughs> no, we're all just nerds. So that is why when we when we read news like this and see what DC have done with the DCEU since 2015 or whatever, it's just kind of been like, oh, lads, like you had Batman and Superman, and somehow you made it worse. <laughs> Yeah, you had the superheroes that everyone knows. Like, Marvel have Spider-Man, and that's fair enough. Like, he's locked in. But you have Batman and Superman, and Wonder Woman. So, like, as a trio, I think they're better than Spider-Man, if you did three separate movies of the three of them. Yeah, but, like, Marvel were able to make dog shit heroes that no one knew about. They were able to take those and make the biggest franchise ever. So do you think that DC have grown up enough in the last few years that they will do Batgirl and Static Shock movies justice? Who's directing them? I would want to Um, know. The Batgirl one, we do not have a director as of this moment because uh, Joss Whedon was attached to it, but uh, he obviously stepped away. So they don't have someone at the minute. Okay. I think, look, any film can work. But you need to trust the people making it. And it's the problem that DC and Warner Brothers always seem to fall into in regards to, you know, new series. Is that they they panic so hard that it's not going to work that they end up making it not work. 
the the two pieces of news that I have that is that Batgirl is being written by the Christina Hudson who wrote Birds of Prey, and Static Shock is being produced by Michael B. Jordan. Okay, in in relation to the Birds of Prey news, I some of the way that that movie was structured, I didn't like the way it kept cutting back to. You know, like the story would go on a bit and then it would cut back to a flashback and then it would go on a bit. I'm not saying they'll do that exact same thing again. Um, but it's not the... It's not the best sell of a movie to me, if you get but me. But I think it is... I think it's a fun movie, though. Oh, it's, oh, it's a fun movie. I enjoyed that movie. Mm. Um, and then Michael B. Jordan producing Static Shock... I hope they let him be involved as a producer, that they don't just take him for like, hey, he's given us money so he gets his name on the credits. The one thing that saddens me, if these do go to HBO Max, which it's heavily rumoured now they will, is that I think that it's kind of sad that like Batgirl and Static Shock should be two massive projects. Like all the projects that you're doing at the minute, like Batman and Superman and The Flash and Aquaman, like they're all cool, but... Batgirl and Static Shock are two different projects. Like, yeah. stuff that we've never seen before. Yeah, and it's... like, And they're they're interesting, and they're, there's perspectives and stories there that we've not seen. Um, but the, I, I fear that they're just stuck in development hell a little bit. Because how long have we been talking about a Batgirl movie supposedly coming out? I think it has been since maybe 2018... Maybe, maybe even before that. I think, I think the Joss Whedon news really rocked that. Like that, that had the go ahead, and he was behind it, writing it and directing it, and then it just basically fell off a cliff. Yeah, and it never really recovered. Um, but I, I can see. Like, I really am excited about those two projects. Like, I think those two things, if done well, you can make a lot of money with them, and they can also be really interesting. Um, the idea that they're doing four movies a year with two of them on HBO Max and two of them cinematic, it does seem a bit, it seems a lot at the minute. Maybe it'll work better in practice, but currently, because I suppose people who don't have HBO Max, they will still only get two films. But it's just the really diehards like us and people listening to this, that you'll be like, oh, well, I want to watch the other two as well. Yeah, and like, I get that, and... It's good that they're fleshing out that streaming service um, and and they're doing it in a way that doesn't piss off every director and production house under the sun. That, we're we're going to move on to that now in our five seconds, Sean. Well, oh, okay, well then all I'll say <laughs> is we'll see what happens. Because, because we're finishing this week with a follow-up to that because after I found out that they were doing four movies a year... I then started thinking about, well, they've already pissed off a lot of people. Because Warner Brothers, what they did was, um, late last year, probably like, I think last week of December, um, maybe the week before that, but they announced that they were going to be doing all of their 2021 films on HBO Max at the same time as they were going to be doing it in theatres, which I would say pissed off almost exclusively everyone. Yes, and so... Are you telling me now that they've gone back on their entire decision and everyone's happy again? Well, you see, what happened in between, Sean? When they announced that news overnight, didn't tell anyone, they just announced that they were going to be all losing millions of dollars. What happened after that? Uh, Didn't the June uh, production company sue them, or threaten to sue them? 
because they had the June, contributed. The, the, they yeah, contributed seventy five percent of the cost. Yeah, the June production company threatened to sue them. Christopher Nolan came out and said, "Who is their big cash cow?" And he said, "This is ridiculous." James Gunn then also came out, who they're trying to very much bring him back over to DC for another film. Because <laughs> once he goes back to Guardians 3, it's game over. Um, there, You also have, yeah, James Gunn came out and was like, this is ridiculous. So it, that's three massive, like, the project of June itself and two massive directors alone who are coming out, along with all of the actors and everything that came out and said, this is ridiculous. Um, but Warner Brothers decided that all of that pressure would finally pay off because now it feels like they're making it up as they go along but Warner Brothers has a plan to pay filmmakers for HBO Max streaming deal oh and they're announcing this weeks after the initial announcement I think this would be this would have been a good one to announce at the same time don't you think maybe I would say even send that to everyone in advance then make <laughs> the like, announcement. Yeah, we're about to say this, but don't worry, you're going to be getting paid. Still. Yeah. Still, it doesn't... Don't worry. I can't stress that enough. <laughs> Christopher Nolan, don't make a statement saying you hate Warner Brothers, please. Please, please, please. We need you. <laughs> kind regards, Warner Brothers. <laughs> Wacko. <laughs> um, so now a report by Bloomberg indicates that Warner Bros. will be paying out heavy amounts of cash up front to its creative partners in lieu of box office profits to allow their movies to play on HBO Max. Okay, so they're just paying them off. Yeah, they're going to be giving them a lot of money to just be like, we're going to we're going to try and give you the money that you lose by us moving you to HBO Max. Okay, how do you quantify how much money they're going to lose, though? That is that is the interesting thing, because they are currently negotiating with Legendary um, in regards to Godzilla vs. Kong and June. They are trying to figure out a cost process. Godzilla vs. Kong said, <clears throat> if you're going to move us over to HBO Max, you have to give us $300 million straight up. It was 250 to $300 million straight up. That's that. That's a lot of money that they probably yeah. don't want to give straight up. Well, I see. That's the thing, you, because you're, because at the minute it's set up. A lot of movies are set up that say if we bring out a movie, you don't get paid until we know how much money you made, and so actors would get a cut of how much the film made, um, say five percent or whatever of the box office. But none of these movies will have any box office, so. A guy like Christopher Nolan, who's making these films, suddenly won't get like nearly half, probably less than half the amount of money he would have gotten. And he's kind of like, well, what's the point of me doing a movie for nine months if you're just going to undercut me completely on the pay? Yeah, and like, there's been no precedence for this. Like, th- like this is a new issue that studios have had to come up with. And Warner Brothers just handled it in the worst way that they could have. Um. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just terrible PR. It is, and it like it would honestly probably dissuade some people from going to, um, like for, like from working with them, uh, if they're like, oh, they're just going to put it on streaming. If they don't want to release it in cinemas, they won't, and that means a mm. whole bunch of other things in terms of like award nominations and things like that for films. 
so the deal at the minute is Warner Bros. are finalising with like a lot of agreements with all these different studios that they work with. Um, is that the directors, the cast and crew will be guaranteed compensation for their movies, independent of the movie's box office numbers. Okay. Like, but does June get the same compensation as like an indie film that Warner Brothers yeah, is putting see, out? I d- I don't think it would because the idea of June is like, well, we would have made you a billion dollars. So you pay us like we have made you a billion dollars. But then Warner Bros. were like, well, you haven't though. So what are we had to pay you? Yeah. How do we, how do, how like, what shows that you've earned it? Unless it, unless there's like a flat fee and then for every box office record or whatever it breaks, that that gets added onto. Hmm. But I don't like, know. I'm, HBO Max will be uh, much. Much of the money will be coming from HBO Max and people who signed up to the streaming service. Um, so if you're paying for HBO Max, you're basically paying for whoever the cameraman on June was, which I think is a nice thing to do. Think about because um, they're using that money, but obviously it's it's a big corporation, so it's probably not all going to that guy. <laughs> no, and they've definitely like calculated it that oh, we can do this and we won't make a loss. You know, like there's absolutely no way this is done in good faith. Yeah, it's done as putting a bandage over what they've done. So, yeah, they did not. Cru- crucially, Warner Bros. did not consult with its partners before entering to the entering to the deal with HBO Max. And so, like the fact that they went into the deal didn't announce it to anyone. And now a month later, like, ah, don't worry, we'll pay you. So we always had that idea. Sure, we were going to say it. You didn't let us finish, lads. You jumped too soon. You were all complaining. And you didn't hear us. We whispered. But you'll all get paid. Um, You you didn't hear it, Eventually. Eventually. You'll all get paid eventually. We have compensation lined up. Don't worry about it, guys. Um, Christopher Nolan's like, fuck you. You didn't hear us, Chris. You didn't hear us. Chris, open your ears. (laughs) Stop thinking about time and weird fucking shit. Open your fucking ears. Yeah, maybe that's why all of his sound mixing is weird, because he's not listening to Warner Brothers. <laughs> he's hearing us off. Um, Sean, so, yes, Warner Brothers have announced that that is how they are going to be making up for the terrible PR stunt that they pulled a few weeks ago. Um, that they people, I'm glad that the people who work on those movies will be getting paid. I mean, bonuses, I mean. They probably got paid as well to do the film, but getting paid what they were owed. Yeah, like, th- th- yeah, that creators are being compensated for the work that they put in. Um, I'm not so much worried about Christopher Nolan. I mean, like, best boy. <laughs> or, like, the, some of the extras or some of the people that worked on the set and the lighting and the sound. Like, it's good that they're still getting paid. Yeah, and it's good that, like, maybe a few more indie studios won't go under because they're losing so much money on this. Yeah. Um, I think that's the end of Movie Monday, Sean. What a um, week of movies. Would you like to take us out? Yes, thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Movie Mondays. We will be back Wednesday with Weird News Wednesday, Friday with Hero Zero, and next Monday with another episode of Movie Mondays. Uh, Big thanks goes out to all of our patrons over on Patreon. Um, Big thanks to Waffles Williams, Kira Lawler, David Clark, Ed Ball, Joe Burney, Ray Ging, Roisin Halley, Ryan Evanson, Sean Jamieson, Dominic, Josiah Green, Anna Helmroos and Richard McGrew. Thank you all so, so, so much for your continued support. We really do appreciate it. We are going to be recording a new Pelp in the coming weeks. Um, 
So if you have any ideas for that, throw them up on the Patreon. We'll draw them out of the hat and we'll have a bit of a chit chat uh, about an old movie, maybe comic book related in some way. Um, I hope so. I hope so. I hope we we all hope we live in hope. Um, <laughs> no. Oh, Catwoman! Oh no, no. Um, <laughs> so that's one way to support us is patreon.com slash Heroes for Hire podcast. There's also a link to our Spreadshirt store where you can get Heroes for Hire merch. Uh, it's our logo on like mugs and hoodies and t-shirts and things. Really cool. Um, there's been some pictures coming in of people with their merch. So thank you all for sending those in. And continue to do that. The Twitter is at Heroes for Hire Pod. The four is the number four. Facebook, we're Heroes for Hire Podcast. Or we're Detective Divilman's Discussion Group. Um, and Instagram then, Heroes for Hire Podcast. Or you can email us, Heroes for Hire underscore at Outlook.com. But I think that's about it, Connor. I think so. So I've been one very mouldy boy, Connor Lawler. <laughs> I have been pouring bleach into Connor's lungs. <laughs> I knew this coffee tasted weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.